It's that time again. It's Monday. It's time to hit those dreams harder than we ever have before. What's going on, crew? This is Paul Artali coming at you, motivational speaker, author, podcaster, and coming at you with another fun introductory music. This one's called Bold and Brash by the man AJ Stellino. Gotta love having different theme music every week until I find the perfect theme song for this podcast. And maybe I won't find the perfect theme. That's okay, but I figured bold and brash and the tone to that music is perfect for what I'm speaking about this week, because this week I am talking about leadership and life lessons my dog taught me. That's right, leadership and life lessons as taught to me by my dog, who is six weeks in our family, and it's been a journey. I'm going to share with you six lessons that I have learned so far as a first-time adult dog owner. I don't count my childhood in terms of dog ownership. So I guess in terms of in dog's years, I'm zero years old as an owner. And you know what? That's okay. So six lessons I learned about life and leadership from the dog, from my my pooch, Sabrina. But before I do that, a couple of, you know, the housekeeping, number one, thanks to everyone for liking, sharing, and commenting and doing what you do with this podcast every week. Every week, the numbers are creeping up. They're growing, and I love it. We're hitting different countries. Now we're in, I think last week we hit Brazil, and this week we're in Honduras, of course, France, and uh, the, the UK are also part of that mix. And honestly, uh, for all those in Italia, my my Italian brethren, let, let's get the podcast going in Italy as well, because even Italians lead need a little motivation now and then. But again, remember to like, subscribe, share, download this podcast, do what you can to support it. It is super greatly appreciated and moving forward with it. Um, it's going to keep going. And a bit of an inside insider piece here is that we're all we're available on all major platforms where all fine podcasts are distributed. And we are coming to YouTube very soon off the Paul Artale YouTube channel. So be checking that out. I know for me, I like to listen to my podcasts off of YouTube. Um, even if there's no video uh, of the person talking, I love to just be there and to listen to it because I, I download it uh, off of my YouTube Red subscription and I can listen to it anywhere I go. So that's the public service announcement. But let's get into the... F- leadership lessons, life and leadership lessons my dog taught me. Um, Like I said, uh, six weeks ago, we decided to uh, go to the shelter and adopt Sabrina. It was a bit of a process. And uh, it's just the whole dog, if you've never adopted a dog, uh, there's a lot of paperwork and every every shelter, we decided to go with the shelter dog. We wanted a rescue dog. You know, they have a very extensive application process and we went through it and we vetted through it and that's okay. And we went, we, we were more than happy to do it, but it took a little time. And finally, when we met Sabrina, we thought this is, this is a great mix. So this probably leads into the first point here. And and that is in life, you're never fully prepared, right? Uh, I'm reminded of the great Yoda who said, there is no try, do or do not, right? And so thinking about that is, you know, we kept finding excuses not to adopt a dog. We knew that we were going to just between everything that's been happening with COVID and having the kids home. And we think it would be good for the kids to have a, a pet that's not a fish because we can't keep fish alive in this household. Uh, and, and so we thought, well, if we can't keep a fish alive, we're clearly more suited to keep a dog alive. That's 
really good logic, by the way. And so, but we're never fully prepared. So we did our research. We talked to friends. We talked to experts. We read books. We did, I couldn't tell you how many, which dog is best for you, you know, type of assessment online. We did everything. We kept finding excuses not to do it. And then finally, we just said, you know what, let's actually just start putting in applications because the reality is you're never fully prepared. We at one point considered, well, if we go to a breeder, uh, you know, if they're having a litter, they won't be, we'll get them in October. So it gives like six or eight weeks to prepare. And on paper, that was a great idea. But realistically, I think we were just using that as an excuse to delay our our decision, or at least the reality of it. And we taught, we just said, hey, we just have to go do it. And it actually kind of reminds me of parenthood, right? I mean, uh, I often tell a story on stage about how I was reluctant to have uh to sort of be a father when my wife asked me, are we, are we going to go through with this, you know, bringing life into the world piece? Uh, and ironically, when we got married, I was the one that really wanted children. And my wife was kind of lukewarm to it and it, it shifted. And, you know, one of the best advice I got from a friend once was just, you just got to, you know, get on, get on the train and enjoy the ride. Cause it's never going to be a perfect time. And I was, you know, I hadn't been done with my PhD. I was just starting my speaking business, but you know, blah, blah, blah. And you just, you know what? If you're thinking about doing something, the time is now to start because you're never fully prepared. And the real preparation, that knowledge that you want, often comes from the experience you gain. It's not going to come by reading another book or waiting a little bit longer or whatever obstacle you're throwing in your way. The knowledge you seek comes through in the experience you get. So you're never fully prepared. So if you really want to do it, just do it and move forward with it. That's the first point. The second lesson here, uh, there's many ways to be successful. So lesson number two, many ways to be successful. You need to choose what makes sense for you. So let's go back to the dog example, right? When I was getting Sabrina, we were, we were basically committed and we had done some research on training dogs. I have no idea how to train a dog. And I, I mean, my, my idea of training a dog is like how I would run football camp back was like when I was a coach and clearly dogs don't respond to doing wind sprints the way football players do. And, uh, you know, we look at it and listen, there's different philosophies on how to train a dog and they all kind of work. I mean, I wouldn't say they all do, but many of them work, right? Whether you train with treats or into positive reinforcement or whether you're into uh, different behavioral techniques, dominance, which I don't personally like and don't agree with. But I mean, there are different ways to train a dog, but ultimately I had to find a way that made sense for my family and my dog and, and all that, which really for us, it's an approach that minimizes the use of treats, but it's very positive. So we reward good behavior and we, we tend to praise with physical affection, praise and, um, and, and play more than treats, but sometimes we use treats. We used a blended approach. It's working really well for us, but the problem we, the challenge we had early on when we were looking at dogs was, Hey, if you you know, if, if you do this method, don't do that method. And everyone's really quick to poke holes in each other. But ultimately, you got to look at what works for you. And that, now think about that in terms of your life, right? You're trying to go off on your, your journey. You're trying to be the most successful, best person you can be. Maybe you are listening to experts. Maybe you are reading the books. Maybe you're in the fight right now. You're, you're knee deep in it. And the, one of the most confusing pieces is always like, what how do I make sense of this knowledge? Because this person's giving me a formula and I don't quite know if it fits for me. And I will say that if you don't think it fits for you and you're, and it's based on like knowledge and it's based on probably a little bit more than a gut reaction, but, but what you're saying, or maybe being able to identify, well, this worked for this person in this circumstance because of, 
you know, the time, like I always think about social media gurus, right? They always tell you what you need to do to become a social media superstar. And I always find that what they teach, like the philosophy is bang on, but there's nuances, right? Because some of these people that blew up, they blew up at a time when there wasn't a lot of competition in social media. There wasn't a lot of competition, let's say on YouTube, or wasn't as much competition. And now it's a different market. And so you have to learn to take that knowledge and adapt it to what works for you. And so that's what I want you to think about when you're you're going out there and you see all these success plans is take it, adapt it, make it work for you. Never ignore the meaningful lessons. And I'll tell you, out of all the dog training things I, I, I read, no matter even if they were different, they all kind of, a lot of the good ones, the philosophies that I liked and that we use, all came under the premise of understand your dog and find what currency is most important to them. And that's what you use to reward good behavior, right? And of course, that what does vary from person to person. So from dogs to dog, I should say. So think about that. There's many ways to succeed. Just choose what makes sense for you. Adapt it to yourself or find the path that is the most similar to what you want and where you're at. So that's the second lesson. Third lesson, the unexpected will happen. Just anticipate it. I've talked about this in past podcasts before. To expect the unexpected, whatever you think is going to happen likely won't on a lot of levels and whatever does happen is stuff you did not necessarily anticipate. You know, the joke for us was that we said certain breeds we don't want. We don't want um, a Husky, even though they're beautiful because we don't have the time to put into a Husky because they're, they're very physical and they require a ton of exercise. Uh, And we said, well, we don't want something like a Jack Russell Terrier because that is a super hyperactive dog. And, and lo and behold, uh, when we adopted the dog, we thought she was part lab, part border collie. Of course, we take her to the vet and the vet said, no, you've got a lab and a Jack Russell mix. We can get do some tests to confirm that. But you've got a terrier <laughs> and, and not, not a collie is the mix with the lab. And we were like, oh, there's irony. There's life coming down on us. Right. Uh, so that's change it explained a lot of the behaviors we were getting in the house but it, it also changed things and also to be honest we have a dog that has a little bit of anxiety some issues calming down settling down some of that is because new home new environment some of that I, we think is actually her but we didn't anticipate that right you see a dog video they're nice they're friendly they're lovey-dovey they sit on your lap they do everything you want i didn't know dogs get anxious right i didn't anticipate mine would be the one that did that and so in your in your life, and especially when you think about leading others, when you got people on your team, especially, that you got to expect the unexpected. You know, what you see, the window dressing, you, you're not, that's all you're going to see for the first little bit. But the more you get to know your team, the more you get to know those around you, the more your situation un- unveils itself, the more you're going to see things that you did not anticipate and you're going to have to adapt and work with that, right? So again, think about the job interview process, the person you hire will change after weeks two or three of working for you, right? Um, it's just it's just the way it is. The true self comes out. And sometimes that true self comes with problems or obstacles or challenges we did not anticipate. So be open to that. Just know that it's going to be happening. It's going to happen. And like everything else we've talked about in this podcast, when you don't know what to do, reach out to experts, reach out to the literature out there, find ways to increase your knowledge. In our case, it was talking to some dog behavior experts and, and, you know, and, uh, and just trying some basic techniques. And the other part is, um, this is kind of like a bonus one related to this bonus lesson is that, uh, you know, things for individual people need to settle in situations need to settle down. And you got to understand that 
you know, if you're dealing with a new person, so we're talking about the leadership part of this this message this week, that like like I said, folks will they will adapt as they become more comfortable or uncomfortable to you. So how you interact with them will dictate how they will reveal themselves down the road. So you really got to think about that. Um, you know, there's a, the honeymoon period is a legitimate thing in terms of leadership. And so understand that. Uh, and that plays into the unexpected because if we're not in tune to it, then a few weeks or months down the road, we're saying, oh man, this person is completely different. This person I've been inter- interacting with is not the person I hired. And the chances are they are the person you hired. They are the teammate you brought on. Just based on your interactions, you didn't really get to see the true self or or maybe you did something that kind of made only certain parts of them reveal themselves. So again, think about that unexpected and how you're going to deal with it. But I think that all this revealing themselves leads itself to the fourth lesson, which is listen and understanding is important. All right. Listening and understanding is important. Now with my dog, I have learned to look at her body language, um, cues, thinking about her routines, right? Thinking about understanding what messages my dog is sending me, uh, specifically around maybe being anxious or just she's happy, she's got to go to the bathroom, whatever it is, to really listen and understand to what she's telling me, uh, understanding her past. So think about this in your life. Understanding the past is so important. Um, And I'll say it like this. So like in the case of my dog, in in case of Sabrina, you know, we wondered, well, why is she resistant to this, you know, early on, she didn't like us saying no, you know, correcting her on anything. She's gotten way better now. Uh, and so why was she barking at us if we told her to get off the couch or whatever it was? And we got to think of understanding that my dog that we adopted was eight months old around the time we got her. Okay. She was at this shelter for a couple of weeks. Um, she was at another shelter halfway across the country for a little while. Uh, and before that, the reason for her surrender is, is the little information we have is that there were too many dogs. So we have to sit back and we make assumptions, right? Well, why does this dog maybe not like to be corrected? Well, it's it's never, it's spent a part of its young life, its life, really young life, spent a part of it without any rules, probably just in kennels, cages, and cars and trucks, right? If there were too many dogs, probably didn't have, in, in her initial household, probably didn't have a lot of rules to start with if they were surrendered, right? And so thinking about, yeah, this dog is eight months, but maybe this dog developmentally is a little bit younger than that and needs to be retaught some lessons, right? And so then I, I layer that with the body language and the messages she's te- she's sending us, both positive and negative, and we understand that, you know, this, it really helps us understand what the dog needs. Now let's translate this. Let's translate this to the working world, right? And the teammates on your team and just maybe the people you encounter, right? Like understanding what is their background. Do you even know enough about uh, a team member's background, a partner's background, a potential ally's background to really understand their behavior? And when you're conversing with them, are are you listening to them? Are you picking up on their cues, their routines, their habits, their preferences? Are you actually opening yourself to understanding their philosophy, understanding what cues them, what motivates them? You know, one of the problems, you know, I just worked with an organization as a, in a consulting role and the, you know, the the boss of the company, some of the feedback we got is that they wanted more, the employees wanted more communication and the boss was essentially saying, well, I communicate more than the last guy did. So what's their problem? And, Again, I was just saying, like, I'm not saying what you're, and my response was, I'm not saying what you're doing is bad. I actually don't think what your employees are saying is that your communication is bad. What they're saying is that they want more. So don't be defensive, but listen and understand where they're coming from. And maybe it's, in this case, it wasn't 
they wanted weekly chats with with uh, the CEO. What they really wanted was uh, more more communication when major events happened, right? Whether it was based on COVID in this situation or sometimes just, you know, changing company policy. They, they, you know, employees felt like they were the last ones to know and managers had that same sentiment. So it was about communication in a specific set of circumstances, really what they wanted. They were happy with the mechanisms for their voice for the most part. But again, can you listen and understand, right? And then again, understand what the employee base went through. You know, his comment was, well, I'm doing better than the last person in my role. And that's true. And he was only, he was like, I'm sitting there going, oh, like you're halfway there, man. Like you're halfway there because the the predecessor was, um, didn't communicate much. When they did communicate, it was almost always negative, Um, you know, incidents of like micromanagement, stalking people's social media profiles, like kind of like a very toxic work environment. So, you know, understand what the employees have gone through. And and they actually, in some ways, the fact that they're complaining that they want more communication is an indication that they're actually comfortable with you, right? But you need to understand that, that they they actually want to hear more from you because they like you. They do not dread you. And, And so thinking about all that. So again, listen and understand the people around you and the people you're working with. And if you're like, hey, Paul, I'm a solopreneur. I'm doing this on my own. Well, think about listening, understand your family, right? The people you love, the people that are not necessarily doing the business with you, but they are impacted by the business you do. Because I can tell you, listening, understanding my wife when I'm starting this journey is more important than my clients in a lot of cases, okay? So listen, understand. Lesson five, um, communicate what you want, right? So be specific with what your communication is. Whenever... My dog, whenever Sabrina is doing something I don't approve of or even something I want her to do, my mistake in the first month, whole month of, of, of training with her for the most part was I was talking too much, all right, talking way too much and, and not communicating what I wanted. So she might be on a couch and I would yell, no, get off, you know, bad dog, don't do that. Why are you always on my couch lecturing her? Like she really understood every word that was coming out of my mouth. And the behavior didn't start to improve until I started, someone told me like, what is it you actually want her to do? And I said, well, I want her to get off the couch in this case. I said, okay, well, that's good. But what do you want to do once she gets off the couch? I said, I don't know. I said, you know, she, she can go, you know, if she wants to, usually she jumps on the couch because she wants to cuddle with us or she wants to be on the couch with us when we're watching TV. I said, really be nice if she went to her bed. So that was a suggestion. Well, why don't you have her go to bed, right? Like go to her doggy bed. And that's what we did. So now if, the odd time when she jumps up on the couch, it's off, go to bed, right? And that's what she does. And that's what she's kind of training to the point where if I walk into a room and she's tried to sneak onto the couch and I can actually hear her jump off when she hears me and run to her bed. It's it's funny and annoying all at the same time. But again, relate this back to your work. What is it you actually want, right? Like, Are you giving too many commands to those around you? Are you giving too much... Uh, you know, too much information that doesn't actually have a pointed objective in it uh, when you're when you're you're working with folks, because quite often we, we, we will talk a lot and we will give a lot of facts, but we, we're not clear on what it is we actually want and what is, you know, what it is that needs to be uh, delivered. Right. And I, I can remember, you know, when I used to work in college administration and and, you know, it, it drive me nuts. One of the things that drove me nuts was always like, well, we expect you to be there for the students. And that, and I would always fight back with, well, what does that mean to be there for students? They said, well, you know, just be there for them when they need it. And I would, it would, it was so nebulous, right? And they would give us 
articles and send us to conferences. It also helped you be better at being there for students. And I, I remember saying, like, I don't know what this means. This is very gray. I need more specific direction, you know. And so, you know, it, it was it wasn't as th- that particular work environment wasn't as successful versus the place I went to, another employer who said, yeah, we want you to be there for the students. But what that means for us is we want you to attend these specific events. And when you're advising this specific group, we want you to be there for their meetings to answer questions. And honestly, we need you to be sort of the legal, we need you to represent the legal perspective. That was a more pinpointed objective, more pinpointed direction. And because of that, I was able to do my job better because every time something happened, I had a context and a basis from which to do it. So Again, think about communicating what it is you want. In terms of your life and your goals, again, you know, as a speaker, we all want to, I want to inspire the world. But realistically, my speaking business was way more successful. I decided that I wanted to speak to uh, folks in education when I was starting out, speaking to those that are in mid-career transition. That's who I'm speaking to a lot right now, right? People sort of in the middle of their careers, trying to some sort of transition in life. My message was way more resonating with folks when I had a pinpoint versus I just want to change the world. Okay. Last lesson. Important one. Lesson six. Enjoy the moment. So this is one of the the, the best things about having a dog. uh, And my kids have taught me this too. But I think just with recent events is that I really learn to enjoy moments again with the dog, when I'm, especially when I'm taking Sabrina for a walk. I live on a nice pond. I love my pond. And we have these, you know, family of cranes and these other um, beautiful swooping birds that, that visit our pond daily. And many a time when we're going for our walks, you know, both the dog and I will, will see these cranes and we'll just both sit and watch these things fly and soar and do their these beautiful things. And, I, you know, that's something that wouldn't have happened before I, you know, in the past I might've actually tried to maybe grab a photo of it for Facebook or something, but just to be able to sit back and enjoy uh, the time I'm spending in this case with the dog. But I mean, honestly, it's, it's bled into just spending time and enjoying time with my family, with my kids, all of those, right? Like it's so easy to get lost in the grind that we forget about the beauty and uh, the gifts that are present all around us. And so enjoying the moment is, is just really important. Uh, when, when you're out there and again, the dog, because I'm forced to walk the dog at least a couple times a day that, uh, you know, it, 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 they're actually the most enjoyable parts of the day because I get the, the stress relief and the dog and I get to interact in a way that's, it's very positive and very fun. And it's just been a really great. So enjoy the moments, enjoy those moments of victories, those moments of rare beauty, just those moments when you are really in a good place and allow the other fears, anxieties, and just problems to at least drift away for a little bit. Um, and you can do that. All right. Those are the six life and leadership lessons as taught to me by my dog. To recap them, number one, you're never fully prepared. So just go out and do it and you will learn along the way. The best knowledge is along the way. Lesson two, there are many ways to succeed. Choose the way that is best for you. Lesson number three, The unexpected will happen. Accept it and learn to deal with it. Lesson four, listen and understanding is key. You know, just 
try to understand the situation of those around you and listen to their cues, listen to what they're, what the information they're giving you and do something with it versus ignoring it. Lesson five, communicate exactly what it is you want done. Uh, the more specific, the better. This will lead to more successful results. And number six, enjoy the moment. Enjoy all the great stuff that's happening around you. Never take it for granted. That is the message for this week. Go after it, folks. Harder than you did before. Make sure to like, subscribe, download this podcast, leave the comments, rate it, do all the great things I ask you to do. And I will see you again next week here on Fiercely Successful. I'm Paul Artale. You can find more about me at paulartale.com. That's P-A-U-L-A-R-T-A-L-E.com. Have a fantastic week. I'll see you next Monday.